Welcome to another UCTV.TV podcast presented by University of California Television. Who's got an iPad? Raise your hand. A couple folks, right? That's, I, I think I saw one up there. That's, it's a pretty cool device. Uh, who's, uh, who's on Facebook more than 10 times a day here? Erica? Where is she? <laughs> Um, okay, so who texts more than 50 times a day? Erica does as well? As well? Um, so guys, th this wasn't going on three years ago. I mean, we were starting this process, but like lots and lots of stuff's changed. So um, what I want to do today is I wanted to share a little bit about starting and selling a company. When I came here in 2007, I just started it. I just finished selling it in July. Uh, I want to spend a little time talking to you about just what's happening uh, in the U.S., uh, particularly Silicon Valley, what's hot. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, what it is to be an entrepreneur and how you can think about it a little bit. So um, without further ado, uh, we'll go into the appraiso. Uh, we're going to save a little bit of time to um, ask questions. And uh, we've got some jobs. I don't know if anybody's looking for a job. We've got some killer jobs. And if you're not ready now, because you're still taking classes, there'll be um, more opportunities to work with our new, our new company and maybe in something I do in the future. So I'd love to keep in touch. Um, we're going to take a little bit of a breakout uh, session after the presentation to just chat a little bit about that. So um, let me get to the meat of it. Um, I'm going to take you through my bio real quick, talk about the web. I'm going to share with you guys um, a framework for building a product. If I, I teach you one thing tonight, a framework for building a product that's really creating impressive companies up in Silicon Valley, and I'll give you a few examples. Uh, what a new 2010 startup looks like, and some of the lessons I learned trying to sell a company, because it's not easy. Okay, my path. There's a lot of squiggly lines up there, and really the only reason I threw it up there um, is to kind of show you what I went through to get to starting a company. Um, and I'll be honest, when I did this, I've been working for 15 years, um, it felt a lot like serendipity, my next job and my next job. But I really want to kind of say is I was a chicken. I needed to get education and I needed to get jobs because I thought that was gonna like set me up to be safe in life. Um, and it wasn't until maybe 15 years after I got all that education and all those jobs that I, that I tried to start a company, something I wanted to do. Certainly, the time is different now. We've got uh, the ability now under your desktop for you guys to start a company right in your dorm room. Or maybe you know friends who do this, or, or maybe uh, you've seen um, movies where people are doing this now. What's well, happening? The ability for us all is going to continue to rapidly change to be able to start a company on the weekend. Um, I didn't have that opportunity then, um, but I'm certainly excited about it now. So I'm not going to go through all this stuff. Basically, I, I picked a couple big companies, worked at Pantene, Shampoo, and the Old Spice. Now you're seeing these commercials. I was working out back when it was very uncool, and it still could be very uncool now. Um, but uh, it was great experience. I got to learn a lot about the consumer. Uh, I went to business school. Uh, back in 96, Netscape launched, and... Um, the internet was starting. We could feel the energy. Went to a company called Market Tools, and then I, I went to a venture capital firm called Mayfield, and they accepted me 
in a role of being an entrepreneur in residence, which basically meant they were, um, they were investing in me to go start a company. And I'll be honest, I had no idea what I was doing, even with all the experience I had. Until one day, I kind of woke up and uh, I had used this site. Anybody ever use a site called Rotten Tomatoes? Right, Rotten Tomatoes, it's great, right? You uh, go there, they've had all these critics write about the different movies and what their thumbs up or thumbs down was. And so back in 05, 06, or 06, um, I kind of said, well, why couldn't we do that for products? What if we could give you kind of a Rotten Tomatoes opinion on products? And we continue to evolve that now, which has become wise. And um, you know, most recently, we've been able to sell our company to Nextag. Has anybody heard of Nextag here? A few folks, and it's changing. We just got a new CEO there, a guy named Jeff Katz, and um, it's one of the biggest shopping comparison sites on the web. Um, services, you know, upwards of 35 million users per, per month, which is a lot, highly profitable. Um, and we're joining forces now to go do something um, which I think is going to continue to evolve kind of the way people do shopping online. So um, I'm going to touch this real quick. Has anybody already started a company here? Okay, one. Is anybody, is anybody going to start a company the minute you graduate? Two. Does anybody want to start a company someday? Lots of folks. And more power to you. I, I could not say, have that in your mind's purview. There's never going to be a greater opportunity um, than over the next 20, 25 years. And again, it's easy to kind of look forward and say that, but there's so many great things going on for us right now. Um, never has there been more deregulation in industries. Never has there been um, the ability to cheaply create a company. Never has there been more um, what I call low-cost mechanics for creating customer acquisition been there. And never have we kind of been in a culture where uh, it's been more OK to fail. Um, you know, it's a badge of honor to fail. I mean, America's about the redemption, right? How many folks do we know in sports and uh, politics and companies, right? Steve Jobs basically got kicked out of Apple the first time. I don't know if you guys have ever read his speech, at graduation speech. He talks about how that, how that built him up. And he come back now and, I mean, who doesn't know who Apple is? Could be one of the most fascinating companies ever created in America based on what it's doing to us all right now. The iPhone, uh, iTunes, um, certainly all the MacBooks, and now the iPad, which people are already thinking is uh, reducing laptop sales, where we might all consider a iPad rather than buying the, the clunker I, I carry around. It'll be that thin. Um, certainly revolutionary. So um, the question for you guys is when do you do it? How long do you wait? So there's pros and cons to this. And um, I would say that there's no harm in waiting. But think about your next job. Think about the next thing you do. Why are you going to do it? Is it to get experience? Is it to be associated with somebody that can teach you something? Those are all good reasons to go do something next before you actually try it out on your own. OK, real quick on whys and why I was so excited to meet with my founder and start this and why I'm so excited about what's happening next. Um, we like to think of whys as the voice aggregator on the web. Okay? 
We started with reviews where people are saying millions and millions of things about how good that iPad is. We look and read those reviews to determine what, why people said this was great. Was it great for battery life? Was it great because I could take it and it was light? Was it great because the, the, the uh, email on it was, was great? Why was it bad? Now this stuff's starting to show up on Twitter, Facebook. Um, the different sites you guys might go to, there's discussions and comments that take place. We are in an exponential growth of this information. And we are at WISE right now are taking this information, understanding what it means, and giving the consumer an authoritative viewpoint on why it's great. Um, we're super excited now about where we're going with our technology. We've got some patents. We're scaling it in the Amazon cloud. And uh, now we're joined forces with Nextag, a giant sh comparison shopping site, to see what we can do for the future. Uh, with regards to all the data that they have. All right, the web. Um, so let's step back real quick and just talk about where the web's been and where it's going. Um, you know, to those of you who are thinking about starting a company, I'll share with you my thoughts. Throw them in the garbage, keep them. But I'll, but I'll tell you where I think things are going right now. So back in... Um, 96, we talked about Netscape created the browser, and all of a sudden, you started to kind of have this portal phenomenon, okay? What that meant was that there was Excite. Anybody remember Excite? Excite at home? Few folks. <laughs> well, that was a big one back then. Of course, we know Yahoo. Um, we knew that AOL was out there, MSN, which was Microsoft's portal. And everybody thought, you know, you're all going to go to one of eight places to do everything. Sports, business, uh, whatever. Then all of a sudden, um, people started to specialize a little bit more. eBay, Pierre Omidyar, uh, Greg Skoll uh, went out and started eBay to create the Furlsworth auction site. And that was the rage. People were going through the roof selling helicopters or selling uh, houses and different things. And every day I remember picking up uh, or opening up CNET, which is what we read then in media, and it was like someone just sold a town, a ghost town, in the middle of um, Eureka, California, or outside Eureka, California. And it was like, wow, this is phenomenal. We're buying and selling everything directly between buyers and sellers. It was a big thing that happened. Um, Amazon, of course. Amazon's still there chugging along. It's still the behemoth, but that was one of the first places that said, look, we are the on first online retailer. We hold inventory and we'll get it to you in two days, three days, or five days. And they're still around. So then Google comes chugging along kind of at the end of 19, the 1990s, beginning of 2000. The, the whole world was going to end. And um, you know, they said, look, we got a better search engine. We got a better search engine. We already got a search engine. There's Yahoo and Excite. And um, Sergey Brin and Larry Page rolled out of Stanford, came out with this algorithmic idea that PageRank was the way to determine what was most important on the web. So they went out. Everyone thought it was a crazy idea. They almost sold the company for $1 million to Excited Home, but Excited Home said no. Google would not be here if that happened. But that's how close it comes with regards to entrepreneurism. Now they're the, one of the biggest companies in the world. Um, so Google goes, creates PageRank, all of a sudden, it's a better search engine. People like it. They like the name. It's cool. They bring in a whole bunch of smart people. It starts expanding. And Google basically has ruled for like the last five years or so. Ruled, maybe a little longer. 
And they just came out with earnings today. They had their greatest quarter ever, if I, if I read it properly. So they're still humming along. So here's Google, just crushing it. And then all of a sudden, Facebook shows up. Facebook, has anybody seen the social network yet? Do you guys like it? Everyone liked it, right? I mean, it was a good movie written by some great folks. Um, and I certainly don't know the story that in depth, but I know people that work at Facebook for um, some of the folks there. And, um, you know, a phenomenon, right? Facebook, when was it, I think they said in the movie, 2003, 2004? And now here it's 2010, six years later. And I uh, was watching a video, a guy named, uh, I think it's a fortune guy, wrote a book called The, uh, the, um, the Network Phenomenon, or the, the uh, it was a basically a book that diagrammed kind of the effect Facebook's having on the culture. And there was a debate actually at this discussion on whether Mark Zuckerberg was more important than Alexander Graham Bell. Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone. And there was an argument and that that was even happening. And this has only been around for six years. So we are in a massive uh, change uh, an, an innovation period in the history of America, and it's happening faster and faster. So Facebook comes on the screen and basically says, you know what? You're going to use this more than email. You're going to use this more than your phone. And people are spending more time on that every day. 500 million users. And this has spawned so many different new businesses. Um, Twitter. Uh, Twitter's come around, and basically, we kind of like talk about Twitter in Silicon Valley as the voyeurs and the exhibitionists, right? Do you want to expose yourself to the world? What do, you, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to share today? There's people that just watch. There's people that get their news at Twitter faster than they, they will at any media. At CNN, uh, ESPN, wherever. There's more breaking news there for a lot of folks. Changing the way we consume data and information. Have you guys heard of Zynga? Who's heard of Zynga? Zynga, uh, Farmville. Right? Texas Hold'em. Zynga is one of the fastest growing companies ever in Silicon Valley. They've already filed to go public, and they only started a few years ago, faster than Facebook. Um, they, are, they are so profitable, it's incredible. I don't know the exact numbers, but the S1 shows it, uh, which is what you file before you go public. Um, they're doing it based on something called a game mechanic. A game mechanic is where iTom just achieved um, piggy status six on Farmville, and I decided to send it to all my friends. And you guys can comment whether that's cool or not, or come help me on the farm. And then you come, and then you join, and you get piggy static seven, or whatever, whatever the cool badge is to have. And all of a sudden, you invite 100 friends, and you invite 100 friends, and it just starts to spawn like that. And then we have all this stuff going on where they actually wind up selling virtual currency which means that I want to speed through the process of getting to these different statuses. I'm going to pay money to get rakes so I can build my farm faster than you can, because you have to earn them. So all that money goes into their pot. And what they have is users like us working for them to invite more people. They have a system where some of us will go buy stuff to get up there faster, and they make all this money. It's happened faster than it ever has. Zynga. Has anybody heard of Gilt Group? Few. So what Gilt does is they um, take 
exclusive inventory, and they basically said, you know what? We've got 200 pairs of Oakley sunglasses that were signed by Lance Armstrong. Bid now to grab them, or they're all going to go. So every day they come out with this new inventory that's limited, like, I don't know, some very cool jacket that, uh, say, uh, Kelly Slater wore, and there's only 200 limited editions of these jackets. Or it's something that a fashion designer in Italy might have. And so people are coming in faster than ever, paying for all this inventory that they secure, and they do this every day, and people are addicted to buying these products that are of limited quantity. Um, Groupon, has anybody ever got a daily deal from Groupon? A few of you guys. Well, Groupon, guys, is another very, very fast-growing company. Basically, how it works at Groupon is that if 15 of us buy donuts tomorrow at, or by the end of the month at uh, John's Donuts, we all get them for 50% off because that's what they're willing to offer us to go do that. And these guys are just knocking it out of the park right now. So why I'm sharing these guys with you is that these companies have only been around for about the last two or three years, and they're growing exponentially that fast. There's more and more great stuff that's happening. So what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next, right? Because back to the hockey puck analogy, puck's here, but it's going there. So here's my thoughts for what they're worth. Um, does anybody use Foursquare here? Right? Foursquare, you check in. So what happens is uh, I'm at UCSB talking to uh, some great folks here in and out of the TMP program. I check in and say I'm at UCSB talking. Or tonight I might go to, what is it, the Brew House? Is there, is there a bar here called the Brew House or something? Um, say I'm there. Show up at the Brew House. I've checked in. So what happens is you actually wind up getting uh, badges that, that bring you up to be the top person that's checked in at this place. So I was at a bar in San Francisco once. Some guy came up to me and says, are you the mayor of Solstice? I said, what? The mayor of Solstice? What, what are you talking about? He says, I'm, I'm sure you're the mayor of Solstice. I go, I've been here a few times, but are you making fun of me? Because I've been at this bar a few times. Well, what's happened is people are competing to be the mayors of different places and locations that they love. They're competing. And people are super addicted to this. And they're fighting for positions. And it's growing like that. You're checking in. Now Facebook's coming in with check-ins. And Yelp is coming in with check-ins. So no longer are you fighting for just status in Farmville. You're fighting for status in your local donut place. Or at, I've seen people check in to surf spots. You know, to be the king of the surf spot. Okay? Now what's going to happen next? Certainly doesn't make sense for a surf spot, and it's a UCSB. But where people are going with this is that if you're the mayor, you're influencing people and working for me. Every time you come into Starbucks, I'm going to give you 20% off because you're the mayor of Starbucks, this location. So you get a card because of your loyalty because they're tracking it now. They know how many times you show up and how many things you buy. So what we're moving towards is this world in which all of us are checking into different places and using our status and capability to get value for us. Second, wireless. What's happening? Um, 4G. Does anyone know what 4G is? Great. 3G. Right, is the wireless network we're on now. 4G is more data pushed to you faster, which is only going to improve the ability to check fantasy football scores. Or, right? Who, who's playing fantasy football on their, on their wireless phone? I am all the time. 
right? People are killing time at the doctor's office, right? This world's changed, right? Wireless is going through the roof, okay? Um, Amazon did a billion in sales wirelessly, which means people actually bought stuff on their phone, right? So the world's changing, right? Moving from laptops, maybe in five years we're sitting here joking around because we all got iPads. And we're never going to be on that small little dev bigger device again. Maybe things get so fast wirelessly that we just move to a wireless device and that's it. And we bring them to where we're going. And we hit each other's wireless device and all of a sudden we exchange a ton of information. We don't got to become friends on Facebook. We hit it and now we're friends on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, etc. Because we decided to. What if I get your information, we realize we're connected to like 10 of the same friends, and from that information, we, like, we check all our long-lost friends and all our long-lost high schools, or, or where we went to high school, and, our, and we realize we're actually related, if that happens that fast. <laughs> what if? It's coming, right? Because we're going to have the device that has all the power, we're connecting all this information that's happening to where we're going all the time, because there's a GPS in this thing, we're getting awards and all that data is being stored somewhere. And we're moving towards what people are starting to call, I like to call it e-commerce. Okay, e-commerce is me or you. And some of you may drink way more coffee than I do because I drink zero, right? But some of you guys may drink four cups a day or have 10 Diet Cokes or eat pizza six times a week. You're worth something to those merchants that want to get to you. But they don't have an easy way to track that now, but it's coming. And that's your power now. Because if all the pizza eaters at UCSB aggregated together and said, Domino's, we want 50% off, they might have to knuckle under and fold. But, but Domino's has the power now. They say, this is the price. But if you say, look, we're not, we're not going to go to Domino's. We're going to go to uh, 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 Round Table Pizza. They might actually start to bargain with you. I know, sounds far-fetched. But this is the world we're moving towards. And this is where the puck's going, in my view. So think about it when you start to think about your ideas. What am I doing every day and how does that affect my life? Phil, can I do a time check here? How are we looking? Okay. Okay. This was the one product slide I'm going to share with you tonight. We're not going to get into product too deeply. Okay? But I told you about a bunch of companies that are moving quickly. There's one thing I could teach you about product management. The companies that are moving fast and killing it right now are in the upper right-hand quadrant, okay? Smoke, we walk from, maybe we go fast. Fire, we run, right? That's all I mean. And all that is an analogy for is how good is your product? Facebook's pretty good because Erica's on it, how many times a day, Erica? 10 times, right, at least, right? Right, it's sticky, it's good, right? But you might use Yelp once a week, right? And the thing with that is that that's fire. Fire is great, right? Smoke is, hey, it's okay. So the, really a big key, if I give you one advice, figure out how to determine which is fire and which is smoke in terms of what you're gonna go who you're going to go work with and what you're going to start. Because I'll tell you, there's a lot of people wasting a lot of money on building things that are just smoke. And no matter what you do, unless you can evolve it into fire, it's not going to be very big. Okay? The bottom for lack of a better word, is I'm using something called virality, word virality, okay? And the, and the left says no distribution strategy, which means that I have, a, I have a product which is smoke. So you come to my site to view my X every day, 
and I hope you show up, right? Now, if I had a business, though, that was come to my site every day to view my product, and if you invite your friends, I'll give you 10% off buying this picture on my site. But you have, to put your, you have to put your email address book in, and you have to invite your friends, and then you get 10% off, right? No distribution is there's nothing strategy. Social media integration means your, they got your address book, and you just invited a whole bunch of people. Right? So it's like when you go to Facebook, ever, anybody ever use the find friends feature? Right? It connects with your Gmail or Yahoo or AOL account and uploads your contact database, sees who you know, and then shoots it out and says, I just joined Facebook, or you should be my friend on Facebook. That's what I mean by social media integration, distribution strategy. To the Groupon example that I just, or to the, um, let's go back to the, um, I just checked into UCSB. When I checked in, my product sent it to everybody at Facebook that I just checked into UCSB. So hundreds of people potentially know that I just got here. That's social media integration. So leaving this slide, okay, if it's smoke with no distribution strategy, you're dead on arrival. Forget it. If you're smoke and you start to put some of this virality in, Maybe you got a shot. You got to make it better than just showing up to see your product every day or see a picture every day. It's not enough for me. It needs to be sticky. If you got fire, you got potential because someone wants to check in to be the mayor of Domino's or the mayor of Starbucks. Give them the tools, and all of a sudden it takes off because you gave them something they wanted and you made it super easy for them to share it with everybody. What all the businesses I share with you have in common and the cool ones we haven't talked about yet is they got fire and they've integrated a way to share that really, really fast with other people by connecting it to social media. So just think about that as you think about um, a company idea. Okay. What does the 2010 startup look like? Okay, so if you're going to go out tomorrow or in five years or 10, this might change, but let me tell you what it looks like right now. You guys saw the Facebook, uh, the uh, social network, okay? Mark Zuckerberg was the product CEO, okay? Did you see him? He was like, we gotta have the status, relationship status thing. Remember, we saw it in the movie, had to come back, had to build that feature in because he knew that was gonna make people more sticky to this site. You need a UX designer. That means someone who draws pretty pictures, right? Any of you have an iPhone, Apple, see Facebook? It's pretty. Pictures. Like, they've got apps. There's nice buttons. That's, that's the rate-limited step now. You can't go in with an ugly site because people won't trust it. So you've got to have some aesthetic design. A front-end engineer, many of you who are in engineering uh, or have worked with them or plan to be one, um, you've got to be able to build the front-end which is the designer gives you the mocks, what it looks like, and you build the functionality in rapidly. The back end is your infrastructure. It's like, how do we roll more machines in and how do we scale? And that's the four-person team now. Now, others who have more money or get more people excited will add more. But this is what the new team is looking like. The second thing is happening. Does anybody know what agile development is? Couple? Okay, agile means fast, right? Someone's agile, they can move really fast, right? Quick. 
So I'll just share something real quick on product manager. There's waterfall, which means this person comes up with something, they go to this person, they go to this person, and they go to this person to code it, and then they build it and they release it. Right? There's six steps. Right? Agile development is everybody involved, get in a room, here's what we're going to do, what questions do you have, so I have to say it again down the line, boom, boom, and it releases rapidly every week. Right? Um, so agile development is the way you build stuff rapidly. If you're not moving that fast, someone's going to catch you. You've got to create momentum. So you've just got to go, go, go. Um, the Amazon Cloud. The Amazon Cloud is where you could actually rent the processing capacity of Amazon uh, without having to buy any hardware. So you do not need to buy hardware anymore, or very limited hardware. You needed your development machine, but you basically get to rent out what Amazon, $30 billion company, uses to fulfill your order, and you rent time you need. Why is this great? This is great because, first, I don't got to buy it, I don't got to maintain it. I got to set it up. But I only pay by the drink instead of buying the bar. So if I need processing time at 12 midnight for an hour, I'm going to get all that processing juice I need. If I need 20 machines for that hour, I'm going to get it. Instead of having to buy 12 machines and have them sit idle for the rest of the week. The cloud makes it cheap and easy to start a company. Uh, open source. Guys, there's so much free software out there to use. Get your idea. If you can build it, think about open source. If you can find your partner to work with you, think about all the things you can do that so you don't have to build functionality. Cobble it together. Get the prototype out. Instead of building stuff that's just going to take time. It's not worth it. And thin apps, like Flash for Facebook, it's thin, it's quick. Um, it's not heavy, like where we used to drop huge, huge software programs on your laptop. It's quick. They're, they're not lots of lines of code. They're not deep. They don't do heavy processing. They're smart processing. The last thing I'll share is that there's just a revolution going on in the funding world right now where, guys, you can start a company. This may sound like a lot of money, but it's probably a lot less than your education, um, for less sub $100,000. So you know, potentially, for all the cost it is to come here and stuff, you can potentially have gone and take that money and started a company. Um, people are doing it for that little amount of money when 10 years ago it probably cost five million, that was equal to probably about five million dollars worth of money. I'm, I'm, I'm just swagging here, but what it costs for machines and people to write the code and to pay people and to get the, the release cycles out, extremely expensive. Now you can super light, pay yourself nothing, uh, and, and I mean you've got the stock, so you, you know, live smart, leverage open source, use the Amazon cloud, get prototypes moving quickly, and then think about if you want to fund it yourself with your friends, your family, or go to the super angels, which are people that are like, you know what? We just want to give you money, but we don't tell you what to do. Go make it happen. And they're just proliferating. If you guys get a chance, go on techcrunch.com and read about the super angels. There'll be a movie about it next, I think. It's pretty cool. Um, and VCs were the, once the place where I worked, I worked in a VC, and they want to put a couple million dollars into something, right? You can do that, especially if you want to go for it, or at some point in the progression of your, of your business. But there are other options now. You don't have to take that much money in to build something cool and to get it moving. 
Okay, um, so selling your company, something I never did before. It was one of my biggest growth things ever. Um, I want to unequivocally say it's very hard to convince somebody to write you a check for anything. Okay? Just hard. Not your, maybe you're not your parents, maybe a friend that you, owe, that you owe money to and you know it. But I'm telling you, getting anything done where someone writes you a check is hard in life. You guys probably have already experienced this. So um, what's going on? M&A is hot. Mergers and acquisitions is hot. Okay? Everyone's waiting for the new IPOs to go out, uh, the Zynga, the uh, Facebook uh, IPO at some point in the future. There's real profitability going on. Uh, lots and lots of companies are getting bought right now in the mobile space. Um, there are lots of companies getting bought, uh, bought that are in games. Um, and there are lots of companies that are hot right now in the local space that, that are starting to get bought as well. When you think about starting a company and selling it, know your tier. One big piece of advice. There are real businesses that are, you know, you think it through the bottom line, you want to go for it. You want them to be $50 million. And there are features or functions, okay? I think um, we're in a new world where you can actually build a feature and function and have it get sold. This would be blasphemy for me to say, honestly, uh, a few years ago, okay? But I want to be honest, the world exists. The world exists to build something that's completely catchy and important to people, and someone will buy it from you if you can show that it's just growing faster than everybody else, if it serves a purpose. And, and the data you have is that it's growing super fast. That means lots of people are stick, stuck to it. And we just talked about stickiness, right, with the Zynga. You get something sticky, you wind up finding ways to sell stuff. Um, Momentum, as we talked about, your team and your tech. You've got to have good tech. If it's something someone can build in a month or two, forget it. You've got to give and put the energy into building something that's either IP on how to get someone to use it, or you're building some real technology. Um, you've got to get lucky. You've got to meet somebody sometimes at a breakfast or at a surf party or something. My buddy sold his company. Uh, to another large company because before, right before he almost folded it, let's just say, um, or he left the company, let's just say. He was actually doing okay. He was going to leave it. He met somebody at a party that he had a surf house with five or six years before. And she wind up convincing, because she was part of the M&A process for that other company, to buy it for a couple hundred million dollars. Um, and had he not met her, had he not had a surf house with her, it wouldn't have happened. And so my point on this is it's luck sometimes. So being out there, talking about what you do, meeting people, and staying in touch is a super important thing. Um, and you and your vision. Um, people are buying people now. Google just bought like five or six companies. Yeah, for the businesses, but because it wanted the people and the talent. They want you. People coming out of a great, a great university like this, that care about what they do, that have the courage to go try things, that become masters at something. Has anybody ever read the book Outliers? Heard of the book? Basically, Outliers, a lot of it is about mastery. You need to be better than someone else. You need to be better than a lot of other people. Let me restate it. To be an outlier. Okay? And, the, and one of the main characteristics of outliers is their willingness to work harder than other people to achieve something. 
okay? And it's not just hours, it's smart. It's thinking about what you're doing, okay? Think, I highly recommend reading that book. It's just good to see. A lot of you guys in here are probably, or probably all outliers to some extent. You're here, great school. You're here listening. You're, you're here thinking. This is the start of the process, okay? So it's you and your vision that people are buying. Okay, so I want to step into something. And, um, you know, this is a little bit part of um, the Zen part of my presentation. Um, I learned a lot over starting a company and selling it. A lot of it was very humbling. A lot of it kind of like made me really face some fears that I had, that we all have. There's not one person in this room that doesn't have credible gifts. There's not one person in this room that isn't scared or insecure about something. Okay? That's just a fact of life. And that doesn't mean you act scared or you'll be insecure. And that doesn't mean that um, there's anything wrong with that. It's beautiful unto itself. We're all imperfect to some level. We have to be. Because okay? no one has all the answers. Myself included, Steve Jobs, I'm sure, everyone. So what I'm, what I'm trying to state here is that regardless of what you do, I guarantee you, your integrity determines your ultimate success in life, let's just say. And this is in my humble opinion. And what I mean by that is that you're, you're going to need to become aware of your gifts and understand what you do well, but at the same time become aware of your own fear and insecurity that exists. Understand that. Okay? And we'll talk in the next slide about some ways to do that that are practical, that can start tomorrow. Okay? Um, why is finding yourself so important to success in life? Why is finding yourself so important to be an entrepreneur? Okay? Why it's important is because we're all challenged to find our conviction. What's important to us? We're challenged to like speak from a place where uh, the world doesn't know. You have to say some things that are only you, your own. Where you believe in something. Even if everybody in this room thinks you're crazy, but you know in your heart. You have to find that spot, and we all have that. You all have that, guaranteed. You all have something you know that's a truth, truth related to what you are. Again, why is this related to entrepreneurism or just success in life? Because you'll take steps out on a truth, and you'll be confident that everything will be okay on that next step, which is the hard part of entrepreneurism, because you've got to take a step out and take a chance. It's not conventional. Um, so a way to roll through this, to find yourself, is to test yourself in love and work, okay? Work can be anything. Work can just be dedication to a project that you have as a hobby. It could be a garden, it could be surfing, it could be whatever it is. Um, uh, whatever you decide that you're going to put your efforts into. Love, what do you love? What's your relationship to your family? How do you expect to be treated? With a girlfriend, boyfriend? You know, caring for your pet, like... What does love mean to you? How do you find out about yourself? We all struggle to find that in the world. Why are we loved? Okay? So my point is that you find yourself by testing yourself and trying things that are hard. You take a risk. You will not evolve. You will not find your moral conviction unless you try and test yourself. Whatever it is. It doesn't mean being an entrepreneur. It's hard for a reason because it's pushing you beyond your current boundaries, okay? Starting a company is a great way to test yourself because you have to do it on your own. You can't be a victim. You can't say, 
this person was the fault. You have to step out and say, I'm going to stand for something, success or failure. You're, the chances of you failing are still very high if you start a company, regardless of how exciting it is right now. And I mean failing is that, that it won't be the success you may have imagined. It will be a success because you will have learned something about yourself. If you allow that to be the gift, it gets easy. It gets much easier to find success. Guys, we just talked about the technology and the Facebook and the Twitter. The challenge you have that I did not have, okay, and I want to share this with you because it's a gift that we have all this tech that allows us to share things with each other so fast. I want to make you aware it is also a distraction. It also keeps you sometimes from being with yourself and thinking through stuff because it's addictive. I'm, I'm addicted to it sometimes. I'm working. I'm going to share you some things that have helped me and maybe they'll help you to continue to build yourself. Um, but just know that it's a distraction. Every reality TV show, every uh, Twitter message, every Facebook post, every text message, you're in a, a, a pressing pellet kind of thing. Exists. And guys, it's beautiful and powerful. But just be aware. That's all I'm trying to tell you is be aware. And that can keep you from some things which you need to do, which is find your own moral conviction. Okay? There's nothing wrong with this stuff. I love it. I make a living of it. But just be aware. And there's no single way to find your path. Um, guys, it, there is no... Someone's going to tell you, this is how I did it. It doesn't exist. Your paths, we're all, we're all going to be different. Okay? We're all going to do something different, which is great. And it's beautiful. Um, so what I want to do right now is just go through four things that I give to you that help me. Now you might, again, what I say, throw it in the garbage can. If this isn't for you, fine. If you, if you keep one or all of them, um, you know, you might find that you're working on something a little bit different with yourself. So the first thing is the lesson that I understood that I didn't get right away. I didn't get that what's in my head becomes my world completely. I had a feeling it did. So let me share something. If you worry about being in an accident every day, okay, running into something, I guarantee you'll run into something. It's because you'll be looking for it and that's the world you'll be in. You'll see things that people don't see that will become your inside and your outside. Okay? Now, this doesn't happen overnight, but there are things that you know to be gifts, know to be truths in your life. And if you allow those selves to be truths that you actually believe, they'll start to become your outside world. Okay? There was a book called, um, uh, what was it called? It wasn't Blink. It was called The Tipping Point, another Malcolm Gladwell book. Did anybody read that book? Right? So this is not proven, but certainly a theory that um, when people see graffiti in the subway, they tend to think there's lawlessness there. If there's graffiti in broken windows, that there's nobody watching. So this actually gives them a little bit of a, uh, a temptation to say, you know what, there's nobody watching. Maybe I should jump the subway. Maybe I should mug somebody. Maybe I should, again, this is a theorem, but I'm going to go and re represent what I see on the outside and that will become my inside, okay? So what I want to state is that 
Your outside, your inside work with each other, okay? Is your room messy and cluttered? Do you not find stuff? Is it clean? How do you write emails to other people? Do you thank them for their time? Is that the way you want to be treated? Do you say thanks to your professors? Sometimes maybe you don't want to. Maybe you shouldn't. Maybe they haven't done a great job. Maybe you want them to do a better job. You want to give them feedback, okay? How would you write that to them? How would you want to be told you should do this better? You know, because we all work with each other that way. So what I'm just trying to state is the inside and the outside work together. Just be aware of that. Solitude. Um, guys, you have so many beautiful places here. Um, God, places to go hiking, beaches. You have this beautiful campus. I'm sure you can take trips to other parts of California. You may have a spot in a library somewhere. Can you be with yourself? with nobody else around, with no iPhone, with no text messages, and just listen to yourself think. Pay attention to the way yourself thinks. Take a, take a piece of paper out. I'll give you guys a, a challenge. Take a piece of paper out, go out for an hour, and write down everything you're thinking, and look at where the pattern is. What are you thinking about? Why are you thinking about that? It'll help you understand what are you, what are you scared of? What do you want? What's happening? Um, solitude helps you build your conviction because you actually spend time potentially addressing the problem. Doesn't mean you will, but you start to become aware of what you're thinking about. Read. Um, so, if you know, one thing that you know holds true is that we're actually, although we run different paths, there's some things that happen in society that are true in the past that are potentially true now. So these are some books I like. Um, you probably have your own. But guys, don't forget to read for you. Don't forget to read stuff that you are genuinely interested in. We, we know we're losing that. I mean, they've got Kindles now, where you can download a lot of these books. But there's so much out there, guys, that you've got to find time to, because it's your interpretation of what happened, or what is the important, poignant lesson. And you know, like you said, Twitter's good. You know, quickly doing some Wikipedia stuff, but reading a book from beginning to end to try and understand what you take away from it, that's your own time. That was a great thing for me in the last four years as I was struggling with the ups and downs of a startup. To be able to retreat to a book and just say, you know what, let me get out of my head and get into someone else's world and interpret what that means to me. Um, and the last thing, and you know, I don't know how many of you are here with friends, but um, Create your own personal board of directors, okay? And I mean that in a very, like, why are people close to you? Can you sit down with anybody? Who can you sit down with and, and talk to about anything? Are there people in your life that you have like that? If you had one phone call to make, right? Not your family. One phone call to make, could you call somebody and with 100% confidence be sure they'd make it? there for you, to do something for you? Who do you keep close, and why? And how do you treat them? I guarantee you guys, this is your single greatest gift, is to be able to create a world of people that you trust, that care about you, that during the tough times will be there, because everybody's there during the great times, guys. Everybody's there during the party, guaranteed you. But when times are tough, you really figure out who's there for you. And having the opportunity to build and to work on things among yourself with someone you trust is a big deal. Um, 
One thing I'll share to that is, uh, any Lakers fans in here? A couple, right? So who was the MVP of the Lakers uh, series last year? No, no. Who was it? It was, um, no, 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 it was uh, the last game. He just played an incredible, incredible job. God, it's, no, not Pal Gasol. Artest, Ron Artest. Okay, remember Ron Artest? MVP, I don't know if you guys know much about Ron Artest, but Ron Artest, uh, he got in a big fight in Detroit, almost got thrown out of the league. Still a bit of a hothead, right? It was a terrible thing. It was a disgrace to the NBA. So he wins the championship, and he gets in front of um, the whole world. And who does he thank first? Does anybody remember? His psychologist. He thanked his psychologist. Okay? He's the MVP of the world. He almost blew up his whole life. Okay? Um, guys, psychologists, studying psychology, seeing a therapist, having friends you can talk to. There's, there, these are good things. Having places you can go to to express yourself, extremely helpful in finding yourself and your moral conviction. Okay? Because we deal with lots and lots of stuff here. Anything that helps us figure it out and focus will lead you to a pathway that makes it easier to achieve your dreams and what you want to do. Okay, I'm going to wrap it up. Um, Guys, there's never been a better time to start a company. Now, five years, there's some exciting things to do. Um, guys, choose the partners in financing that match your idea, okay? Choose the people you bring into an entity. If you're gonna go for it, then you raise a lot of money. If you're building a feature function, you could do it real cheap now. Take the right risk, given the situation that you're working against. Guys, do it for the love and learning. Because I guarantee if you set out to be rich, very, very small percentage will make it and the rest will fail. Okay? And then when you make some money, I guarantee it won't make you happy. Um, if you do it for the love of building a product, well, look guys, money's good. And I saw people smirk. Money's good, it does things for us, right? It, it is a reason. So I don't want to say it's evil. Okay? It, it is you know, part of our capitalist society. You, know, you get to do good things with money. You get to take care of yourself, your family, um, you, get to, you get to donate, you get to build, you get to start your new company. It's all good, right, in some aspect. I'm just saying, be careful of that being the only reason you do stuff. Because it'll wind up being a trap. Where you'll never, it'll never be enough, you'll never get happy. So think about the love and the learning. Um, and you know, what I was trying to say, again, what I just shared with you on those four slides about integrity and what you can do, just know that the inside and the outside equal each other. What you see and what you work on on the outside affects your inside, and what you think on the inside becomes your outside world, okay? It's not an easy concept, but play around with it, okay? Um, with that, um, I'm gonna take some Q&A. I just wanna let you guys know we're hiring. Some folks will be here for a few minutes after the thing talking about it, but we're hiring Guys, find me someone in the fine art, with fine art and design background in the design school who wants to build pretty pictures, learn how to be an interaction designer, and we got a job where they'll work with me, my CTO, and our product people to build some beautiful stuff. Uh, we'll train them. And whoever finds one for me gets a $1,000 referral award that I'll 
mail to you personally, okay? If we hire that person, okay? So let me find that person. Uh, we're looking for front end and back end engineers to come join the Wise and Next Tags teams. We're doing some super exciting stuff in machine learning and um, semantic analysis and taking all this Facebook data and doing some really cool stuff with it to kind of understand who buys what and why. $1,000 referral award, okay? That'll pay for some pizzas and things. wondering what are your thoughts of, on trying to start a company straight out of college and the risks of that failing and then losing your opportunity to find a great you know corporate job right out of college what are the risks what are the benefits what are your thoughts on yeah that? yeah it's a great question and um, so you know I think there are benefits to doing either I'll be honest with you okay and I think this comes back to um, knowing your strengths a little bit and, um, you know, my advice is that college is a great time to work on some side projects. So everybody, you know, Harvard Business School launches 35 businesses straight out of business school every year now. And they're trying to increase that number. Um, as you know, Mark Zuckerberg started the company. He left Harvard his freshman year to kind of go do it, you know. Um, so my advice is, Spend some time with your business plan, your idea. And spend some time with your friends, uh, maybe some alumni, maybe some of your professors. You get a sense of how strong it feels. Take that feedback. And then kind of measure from the love of what I'm doing, is this exactly what I want to do right now? Because it doesn't mean you can't do it later. But from, from who I can talk to, does this feel good? And do I feel love in my heart? Like, do I feel love in my gut that even if this fails, I will have loved doing this? Then I would say launch out and consider it, or at least consider it, if you have those two things that work. Failing is a badge of honor here, like now, you know? And you spend a little time trying something and then going back into the job market. As long as you did it where you thought through kind of it a little bit, I don't think there's any problem with that. On the flip side, there's some great companies, I mean, out there. Google's hiring like crazy, Facebook, Zynga. Um, there's some great companies in LA I'm sure there's some companies, I'm meeting with somebody who's an entrepreneur here in Santa Barbara tomorrow morning who uh, founded a pretty famous company. Um, so there are tons and tons of companies you can get some great experience and come, come work for us you know, for two years. You know? We'll teach you some things and outs, you can make some mistakes on our dime, and then you can roll back out and start another company. So again, my advice is I don't want to dissuade you from trying something now because it's, cool, it's a cool time. Just make sure you've kind of vetted the idea out and you love it and give it a shot. Um, or go get some experience for two or three years and you'll have 10 times more opportunities to go start a company. What was uh, my biggest obstacle starting a company? Um, I'll be honest, I, I think you know, part of it for me was, uh, I'll give you two answers to this. I think um, you know, one was, I'll be honest, initially my own confidence in myself, I kept saying, can I do this? With all this background I had, can I do this? Um, and the moment I started to let go and say, you know, it doesn't matter, and yes, I can, things started to get easier. Um, my main kind of tactical, like everyday struggle, was uh, hiring people, hiring great people, 
Hiring people that were motivated and loved to do what they're doing. Okay? Back to the outliers thing. Some people do it to get famous. Some people do it to get rich. Some people do it to just have a job. But to find people that love to do their work every day, they're in bliss. They're like in a zone. And when you get those people tied into you, they inspire you. So my, my biggest struggle really was trying to find, motivate, and uh, maintain those people and bringing them to the next level. How do you see products developed so that they connect to other products and also back to the user? Yeah, that's a great, a great, uh, great question. So um, there's a few startups in Silicon Valley right now doing some, so I'll give you an example, kind of a, disrupt, a disruptive kind of thing, where they've asked for your credit card, okay? So you give them your credit card, your iTunes account, your Amazon account, and every time you make a purchase, they broadcast it out to all your friends. Jim just purchased the new uh, iPad. Jim just purchased these Nike running shoes. And then your friends comment on it. And they connect with you and say, look, I bought that too. We've all bought the same products. How similar are the other products that we have to suggest new products, right? We have another example. Um, Amazon's just integrated with Facebook. Does anybody have an Amazon account they just integrated with their Facebook account? So what they're doing now is taking um, your Facebook account, they're integrating it with your Amazon account, and you're seeing your friends' birthdays, the gifts, the products, they, the books they wrote about in Facebook, the likes they connected, and it's giving you suggestions to buy them certain things on their birthday based on the suggestions of Amazon. So what's happening, which is a great question you ask, is um, the, the product information is getting smarter and now it's being attached to you. And like I told you guys earlier, in a couple of years, you're going to have this super powerful profile and we might match just based on the products we've both bought that are the same. We may all surf and we're going to go, which boards do we have are the same? Do we buy the same wetsuits? You know, we love uh, the Psycho Freak from O'Neill and stuff. You know, this is how this world's changing you know, in terms of stuff. Um, but, but great question. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.